right. Welcome, uh, Spiritual Crusaders. I am excited for this uh, this video and, and podcast here today. Um, if you've not had a chance to come visit our website, please do so. We have we have uh, uh, put together an amazing team, and we recently just even added another team member uh, to really help help uh, with uh, some conference talks and to bring some some fun and some. Uh, some more uh, funny memes to uh, Spiritual Crusades. So uh, we're really excited about some of the things that we're, we're doing here. This is a talk I gave on Sunday, on Easter Sunday, and I have titled it, Unlock Your Faith, Receive Hearts That Feel, Ears That Hear, and Eyes That See. And again, this was, this was Easter Sunday, so it is... It's, it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to, to speak on, on, on Easter Sunday. And uh, it was really, really moving for me to be able to, to have that, that honor and that privilege there. It's uh, pretty interesting because about a, a month ago or so, I, a good friend of mine uh, who was preparing a talk for his, his state conference uh, he asked me to put together some materials for him, and and his talk was on the same same basic uh, topic as mine, which is, you know, the the Savior's atonement, and uh, so I had some had some put some materials together for him, and so when I was asked to to speak, um, I was like, okay, I I have some materials. That's that's good, right? <laughs> well, the the uh, the Lord had different plans. We'll just say that much. I I went to bed one night a couple nights ago, and and. Uh, I couldn't sleep. Uh, my mind was just was just racing, and, and and anyway, the Lord took my talk a different direction. But I am very very excited about the direction that the Spirit took. And this talk should be really uh, hopefully in, enjoyable for you and, and memorable as well. To set the stage, I want to just share a couple of things uh, here that, and and we'll kind of apply them as we go through this uh, this talk as well. So the first section is unlock your faith with your imaginations. And I want you to, to if you're on the, the YouTube here, I want you to take a look at at this picture. I, just, I put this picture together and I just, I just love it. You know, here we're inside the imagination of someone's imagination and you've got the, the atonement on the left here and then on the one page and then the next page you have the resurrection. And so um, it's just, just really exciting. But th that's the, the first kind of piece to this puzzle here is from a, it's a quote from uh, Ahmed S. Corbett. I can't say his name, I apologize there, but from the April 2021 conference. And he says, quote, please use your imaginations to increase faith in Christ, not ruin it. Now, I've thought a lot about that quote since that time. Uh, we, we get to choose, right? We have the, the honor, the privilege of, of choosing what we will use our imaginations for. And my, my daughter, Cecily, she cracks me up because she uses her imagination all day long to dream about horses. And her imagination has really led her and, and created a love for horses. And she researches them and she you know, she has horse riding lessons that she goes to and just she loves every minute that she's with the horses and thinking about horses. And and it's just amazing how much she knows uh, about horses. My little man, Iring, he uses his imagination to learn about and to perform magic tricks. 
He's even learned how to uh, throw playing cards now. So he can throw a playing card right through a piece of paper. He can stick a playing card into a stalk of celery, just like you would stick a throwing knife in a tree, you know, uh, which is which is pretty, pretty amazing. And again, all of this has come about because of his viv vivid imagination, which has led him to create this, to perform this, to, to research all these different things, right? Now consider if we would put as much time and effort into using our imaginations to learn about and to get to know our Savior Jesus Christ, as you know, my daughter Cecily and, and Iring put into their hobbies, oh, how our lives would be changed. The next section here is unlock your faith with your imaginations. I, I put again, I put this picture together. I love it, right? He's he's there, kind of meditating and pondering, and it becomes real to him, right? The Savior. Um, he sees this, the Savior in his meditations, his ponderings. So let's go to a quote by President David O. McKay. I think we pay too little attention to the value of meditation, a principle of devotion. In our worship, there are two elements. One is spiritual, communion, communion rising from our own meditation. The other instruction from others, particularly from those who have authority to guide and instruct us. Of the two, the more profitable, introspectively, is meditation. Meditation is one of the most secret, most sacred doors through which we pass into the presence of the Lord. I simply love it. Meditation, spiritual communion rising from our own meditation, which is one of the most secret, most sacred doors through which we pass into the presence of the Lord. I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I get super, super excited um, as, I, as I read that and I think about that, right? Meditation has many forms and pondering is one of them, okay? Think about it. How, how often do the scriptures and our Latter-day prophets counsel us to ponder upon the things of the Lord? Also, prayer. Prayer is an important form of spiritual commun communication. Now consider that if you were to use, right, your meditations, ponderings, right, if we had our, our, our prayers to learn about and to get to know our Savior Jesus Christ, oh, how our lives would be changed. The next piece here is unlock your faith with mental exertion. This is the last piece of the puzzle here and uh, that I want to kind of share with you guys. I want to start with lectures of faith. This is a quote from Joseph Smith. And he says, when a man works by faith, he works by mental exertion. And for those that, that don't know, mental exertion is mental effort, right? It's, it's work within our mind. So he works by mental exertion instead of physical force. It is by words instead of exerting his physical powers with which every being works when he works by faith. Hopefully, it's starting to come together for you now. Okay, Our imaginations operate by mental exertion. Our meditations and ponderings and prayers operate by mental exertion. 
And when all of these can be, uh, um, all these can be used, sorry, uh, for, it can be very powerful in our lives for building faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we will but use them for that purpose, right? That's what we, that's why they're there. That's why we are, have the ability, right? That God has given us these things to be able to enhance our faith in our Savior Jesus Christ. To drive this point home just a little bit deeper, I'm going to share a little more from Joseph Smith and Lectures on Faith. He says, If men were duly to consider themselves and turn their thought and reflections to the operations of their own minds, they would read readily discover that it is faith and faith only which is the moving cause of all action in them. It's a powerful right there that without it, both mind and body would be in a state of inactivity and all their exertions would cease, both physical and mental. Oh, that's exciting. Were this class to go back and reflect upon the history of their lives from the, the period of their first recollection and ask themselves what principle excited them to action or what gave them energy and, and activity in all their lawful avocations, callings, pursuits, what would be the answer? Would it not be that it was the assurance which they had of the existence of things which they had not seen as yet? Was it not the hope which you had in consequence of your belief in the existence of unseen things which stimulated you to action and exertion in order to obtain them? Are you not dependent on your faith or belief for the acquisition of all knowledge, wisdom, and intelligence? Would you exert yourselves to obtain wisdom and intelligence unless you did believe that you could obtain them? Would you have ever sown if you had not believed that you would reap? Should you have ever planted if you had not believed that you would gather? In a word, is there anything that you would have done, either physical or mental, if you had not previously believed? Interesting to think about. And as faith is the moving cause of all action and temporal concerns, so it is with spiritual. As we receive by faith all temporal blessings that we do receive, so in like manner, receive by faith all spiritual blessings that we do receive, right? It works the same way. Whether it's physical or spiritual, it's the same same faith driven to action, driven to obtaining that. He continues, faith is not only the principle of action, but of power also in all intelligence be intelligent beings, whether in heaven or on earth. I want you to really understand that, right? Faith is the principle of both action and power, whether they're, they're in heaven or on earth. Who cannot see that if God framed the worlds by faith, that it is by faith that he exercises power over them, and that, by, and that faith is the principle of power. And if the principle of power, it must needs be so in man as well as in deity. This is the testimony of all the sacred writers and the lesson which they have been endeavoring to teach to man. Think about that. All the writers of scripture have been trying to convey this one principle to us, 
that if God operates and his power comes through his, through his faith, so does our power come through our faith. So there it is. So simple to understand. Our faith is our thoughts and what we think about and what we pursue. It's our imaginations. It's our meditations, our ponderings, our prayers, and our silent pleadings with the Father. So the question is to ask yourself is how are you using your faith? Are you, how are you using your imaginations, your meditations, ponderings, and prayers? Are you using them to build powerful faith and break through the veil for yourself personally? Or is it time to repent and make course correction? Now, you're probably wondering why I spend so much time here take, talking about, uh, about faith, right? On this amazing Easter Sunday. Of course, that was on Sunday. But uh, my intent today is to unlock your faith and have your, you use your imaginations, your meditations, your ponderings, your prayers to unlock within yourselves even greater spirituality, even greater understanding, and create unshakable belief and faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we use our imaginations, meditations, ponderings, and prayers in this way, we show forth our devotion, dedication, and desire to learn and be taught at His feet. This will unlock the gifts of the Spirit. We will have hearts that feel, ears that hear, and eyes that see. A powerful example of this is President Henry B. Eyring, and in a conference talk a few years back titled His Spirit to Be With You. By the way, go back and read that entire talk. It is unbelievable. I even have a, uh, a whole lesson and, and, and podcast and video about it. It's just unbelievable. But uh, he shared this amazing account. I once stood with my wife outside a tomb in Jerusalem. Many believe that it was the tomb from which the crucified Savior emerged as a resurrected and living God. The respectful guide that day mentioned with his hand and said to us, come and see an empty tomb. We stooped to enter. We saw a stone bench against a wall, but into my mind came another picture. As real as what we saw that day, it was of Mary who was left by the apostles at the tomb. This is what the Spirit let me see and even hear in my mind as clearly as if I had been there. That's the key right there, right? As clearly as if I had been there. We, I want to join President Iring. Let's all join President Iring in the tomb. I don't want you just to think about this. But instead, I want you to use your faith and, and really use your imaginations to put yourself in the tomb. Okay, feel, definitely close your eyes, but, but I want you to feel this in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. Okay, I want you to be, actually be in the tomb. So let's go with President Iring into the tomb. Before we do that, I want you to, as you're, as you're standing in the tomb, I want you to first of all, look around. What do you see? What's the color of the stone on the walls? Put your hand along the wall on the wall there. Run your hand across the wall. Is it smooth? Is it cold? Dusty? Dirty? What, what, do you, what do you feel? What do you see? Okay, what do you smell? Next, notice the bench there on the left. 
with the folded linens. Right there, in that exact spot, is where the Savior of the world was laid down. Next, you hear some sounds outside the tomb. You step outside of the tomb and you see a, a woman move past you to look inside. That's not just any woman. Right there, standing in front of you, crying and mourning is Mary Magdalene. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeing two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had laid. Remember, you're there. What is it? What do you? Can you see that angel on, and both angels on, on either side of the, of the bench? And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she, say, she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him, hence tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus, Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. And then here's one of my favorite scriptures of all time. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. What are you feeling right now as you look upon the resurrected Lord? As you gaze into his eyes, do you feel his gaze penetrate the very fibers of your being? Do you feel his love wrap around you and hold you tight? I wish we had more time here today but remember these feelings and become hungry for more and come back often to partake of his love for you with your faith unlocked this scripture should take on a whole new meaning if thou if thou shalt ask and how do we ask with our faith using mental exertion and our words using our imaginations meditations ponderings and prayers all right, and our silent pleadings with the Father as well. Thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou mayest know the mysteries and peaceable things, that which bringeth joy, that which bringeth life eternal. And in closing, we do not have to wait for Easter Sunday to spend time with the Savior in which time he spent in the garden of Gethsemane where he atoned for our sins and on the cross where he laid down his life for us and in the empty tomb where we see him resurrected and can claim with joy and shout to the world that he is risen.
No, we do not have to wait for Easter Sunday, for the Lord has given us the blessing of the sacrament every single week, during which time we have the privilege and the honor to spend time with the Savior. It is my hope and my prayer that every week you will use your powerful faith, your imaginations, meditations, ponderings, and prayers to walk and talk with the Savior and spend much needed precious time with him. It is my testimony that if we do this, and if we do this often, even in our daily prayers and in our personal sacred groves, that we will be given hearts that feel, ears that hear, and eyes that see. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.